You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. You know, Mary, part really of the whole Donald Trump thing for whatever it's been the last six years is all of us who are not lawyers like you are, we've had to learn a lot of stuff. You know, it's like yeah. we went back to uh, kind of like night school, night <laughs> law school kind of there. But I have some questions and maybe you can help. And okay. I, Being I, in life, I am not a criminal attorney. I, under, I understand that. So just do the best, uh, best you can. And anything you don't know, go ahead and make up. Okay. Okay, but I will put a disclaimer on that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. One, I should know this. What actually is the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony? So um, it has to do. Again, I'm I'm really going back to my criminal law class, but it has to do with the penalties available, the seriousness of the crime, and then the penalties available for that. So, in other words, traffic violations are always misdemeanors. You know, you're not putting um, yourself at risk of going to jail unless it's the most serious kind of misdemeanor. A felony, the way my my understanding is, there's always the possibility of jail time with a felony. That is not true with a misdemeanor. So, as we think of like a traffic violation, that's that would be a misdemeanor. If you remember when we were in school, they always were talking about possession of marijuana should be a, mel- a misdemeanor, not a felony. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah. it's going to be a crime, but it's not a very serious crime. And um, you, you're you not going to put your liberty at issue. Okay. That's, would would yeah. it be fair to say that it's not really a difference in kind? It's kind of a dis difference in degree how serious it is and how much punishment would be there is that That, fair that would be fair yes and even yes because you you have the degrees within felonies and misdemeanor right oh right like first degree and so right or in i think in new york they call them class a all the way down to class f and the misdemeanors the trump was i mean the felonies that trump was charged with today I think we're all class F, which is the lowest um, class of felonies, but all do um, or can possibly result in jail time. And would it be fair to assume that because it's a felony, it's like more than 30 days of jail time? It's like a year or more. Correct. You don't have to be exact on that, but, but that would be the kind of thing it is. Correct. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I'm sure that a criminal lawyer law professor would have some other distinction, but the seriousness of the penalty um, is the way in my mind I've always distinguished them. And if I understand, as we record this, uh, Donald Trump uh, had his arraignment, I think is the right thing. That's the right word, yeah. And so they put out the indictment and he was indicted. And I, I thought this was 
little bit of a surprise. And I should mention, we're recording this just shortly after all this happened. So we have not had time to do the exhaustive legal research we would typically <laughs> do. do right. Yeah. Right? Sure. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something like that. But but what we hear is he was indicted on 34 felonies. Right. Albeit maybe class F. That's not what we expected, was it? No, I mean, I think the expectation was that some of the charges would be for misdemeanors, and he was not charged with any misdemeanors. So they were 34, the way I understand this, and again, this is just a real quick read of the Times um, and Reuters, what, what he was charged with, 34 separate um, felony use of business records. Which and and to say it like in common talk, he was charged with 34 different incidents of something bad. Right. And, you know, I heard, um, I think this was in the Times, one of the, I don't know exactly who this was, but somebody from the prosecutor's office said, New York is a, a city, many um, businesses many, you know, whether it's real estate or law firms or corporate headquarters, you know, you know, it's one of the um, main business uh, capitals of our country. And so the charging misuse of and misrepresentation business records is a very common crime in New York because um, the thought is to not allow it to become a lawless business center. And that I was quite interested in because some of the talk about the whole story has been, oh, it's nothing. And so what he, you know, misrepresented a business record, really, you're going to charge a president, an ex-president on that. But when you think about where it is and where Trump was running his business and that he was um, misusing, misrepresenting whatever the words they used were, his business records, that does become significant when you think about it like that. The other thing I understand is that all of the charges, all 34, and they weren't all about Stormy Daniels and the hush money for her, but all 34 of them did relate to part of a scheme to keep information quiet as he tried to win the presidency. So one of them had to do with paying off somebody who alleged she had had Trump's child, this kind of thing. So love were, child? Love a, child? A love child, which we've always suspected. So this, yeah. is, this is why digging into the indictment is going to be worth it, John. But yeah. so they were all of a piece, this kind of... Um, evidence of like conduct, like Stormy Daniels' conduct, keep trying to uh, suppress these stories. And I thought that was, um, when I heard that little bit, I thought that's what, um, why Pecker was called in twice. Because he was part of a scheme with Trump to catch and kill these stories. He was part of a scheme to sanitize um, Trump's history, his tawdry history, so that he would be acceptable um, to voters. 
And actually, one of the things that I think serves us remembering as part of this whole thing is that it was very close to the election that the Grabber by the Pussy um, tape was released. And I actually had kind of forgotten that he had a debate with Hillary Clinton right after that, remember? Right. And he brought in uh, the accusers for uh, of Bill Clinton. Right, yeah. So it's it also like, I look back and then think, how did we survive that? It's so disgusting. But in that period, they were scrambling to pay all these people off and then misrepresenting what they were doing with that money in the business records of Trump, his whether it was his trusts or his personal checking account, whatever it was, it's, it is tawdry is is overstated. Well, well it it's tawdry, and the indictment again, just for a little bit, I've glanced at, seems to use the phrase he did it in order to subvert an election, which is something we associate with him, and it really draws us to what the significance of this was. It was not just covering up uh, a nasty little affair somewhere. It was done with a purpose. Because I had to kind of take my mind back as well to the amount of upheaval that went on around Access Hollywood. Do you remember? There were people at the time, people in the Republican Party, calling on him to withdraw and talking about you know, what would happen? Do we run Mike Pence? Do we put another candidate in? Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, everything kind of went away. There was also a whole list of other women making uh, accusations of Donald Trump, and he dismissed them all. And I think it was during that point, you know, he said about one, she's not even my type, not possible. Right. So and all of that was happening, and it, it you just get the sense you know, understand it more as people digest the indictment that there was all this furious activity to keep those stories out of the press, you know, so that people who weren't sure about Trump but still were willing to vote for Trump could go ahead and do that, you know, the justifying of the voting for Trump. And, um, you know, he... I think the thing that Michael Cohen was charged with in terms of the campaign violation, campaign laws violation, Bragg has taken that concept, like you did this to affect an election, and spread it out over all these different events. And I'm guessing, and I don't know this, John, but that when they got all the Trump documents in the other lawsuit, right? The, the taxes and everything else, because there was a, a reference to taxes as well, that they they looked at it and said, holy crap, look what this dude was doing to win the election. And how can this not be charged? How, how can we walk away from this? Now, you're never going to get the people who think it's all a political witch hunt to see that. But for your average run-of-the-mill voter, and I'm not talking folks like us, I'm just talking your average voter, you know, should look at that and see the whole of it and say, wow, that was dirty dealing. And he, you know, he caused all that chaos for four years as president. 
Um, and maybe he wouldn't have won if he hadn't been willing to do that. I, I no. don't know. But yeah. And I'm really interested looking forward. Uh, Trump's lawyers in their little news conference afterwards indicated that uh, the date for them, for both sets of lawyers to make motions is four months from now. That puts it like in August. I further heard that uh, the judge set the next date for everybody to get back together uh, after he's ruled on motions as December. Right. So nothing really happens in this case for quite a while, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of work will be going on with the lawyers because they will make their discovery requests and the uh, prosecutors have to turn over what they have. Um, I think one of the things, and again, I haven't, you know, had a chance to listen, but if I were the judge, I would be concerned that all that information is going to leak. And I'm sure the prosecutor's concerned about that, particularly um, anything that could be harmful to the, the witnesses, right, who witness, who, the, who testified to the grand jury. So that's, I mean, there'll be a lot of stuff leaking out. I'm guessing, from the Trump folks. I mean, I think what we've learned is the Bragg folks, New York uh, prosecutors, they are pretty tight-lipped. But Trump has to manage the narrative, and that's what he's all about, right? So well, he does. And, and what I really think about is in these months, you know, we're early April now, from April to December, we could have one, two three, maybe four more indictments. But right. I think one or two anyway. And just for the fun of it, toss the E. Jean Car Carroll trial right. in the middle of that. So, it, you know, in one sense, normally, normal situation, this would have been an indictment and it, it all would have gone into the background. As you said, lots of lawyers working hard and we wouldn't get back to it. But now it just feels like uh, a little aperitif. <laughs> that's why I said it's in a moose-bouche. A moose-bouche, yeah, that's a better thing. But I, I, the other thing to think about, John, is I don't care if you have lawyers handling everything. The stress on a defendant to have multiple cases going at the same time has to just be enormous. And even Trump, you know, crazy narcissist that he is, I think can um, can really be um, destroyed. Is probably too strong a word, but certainly um, subject to the pressures of that. And and Maggie Haberman reported today that Trump was really angry and that she had not seen him that angry since the debate with Hillary Clinton, which I you know he. I don't exactly remember what happened there, but I do remember whatever she said to him, like really uh, wrecked him a little bit, right about, about his taxes or something. But so I think it's going to be a very interesting time um, for him. I don't feel sorry for the dude that he made his bed and he needs to sleep in it. And I do think it's good for the, the legal system that somebody who engaged in that much conduct um, in the way that he did 
should be held accountable. So that's that's goodness for us. I know not everybody sees it that way, but I think it is. It is. As long as every time there's an indictment, we can have one of these white Bronco kind of Oh, I know. Things. These are awesome. But I, I had lunch with someone today who's, you know, um, more on the Trump side of the world. And her answer when we were talking about it was, well, what about Hunter, Hunter Biden? So really? All about the hunt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's Talk tune in like- and find out what's happening. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.